March 2nd, 1976. Some songs work in showers, and others don't. And uh, and you know that uh, that sound. Uh, it it takes. Speaking of sounds, are you aware that there has been a great study made, a, a psychological study made in a midwestern university, as to why people, not everybody, feel an urge to sing in a shower or a bathroom. <laughs> Incidentally, they also received a $75,000 government grant to make that very serious study. The kind of stuff. Can't you just see a whole bunch of guys with white coats walking around with clipboards? And uh, <laughs> they keep putting these people in the jobs to find out who sings and who doesn't and what they sing. Oh, it's very important. <laughs> and they found that, that a larger percentage of people sing that song than any other single song. Now, I'm just giving you... Let's, let's face one thing, friends. I don't make the news. I only report it. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that because you go in there and you sing something else that you're not part of the mainstream. I'm merely telling you that old man River, he don't say He just keeps rolling. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Now, you know, speaking of sounds, I, I, uh, I'm very serious here tonight, very serious program tonight for students of uh, dramaturgy, uh, students of, uh, of just uh, life itself, which of course can be a study of dramaturgy. Have you ever thought of your life as a very badly written play? It doesn't seem to have a plot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if it is, 
And what's worse, the author who wrote it wrote you of wrote you in as a very shoddy character. You know, uh, <laughs> when you stop to think about it, you know, you look at Hamlet, for example. All right, Hamlet is a character, right? He's a created character, and he's the Prince of Denmark. But uh, what about all the other characters? How do they think of the play? I mean, have you ever thought of, uh, say, Polonius? I mean, poor old Polonius keeps doddering around in life, even when he isn't on the stage. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with reality here again, and that's uh, very dangerous. You know, don't like to get into that subject because a lot, <laughs> a lot of people... No, really, you know, there, there, is a, there is an increasing number of people who simply can't tell reality from the various uh, fictional images that they've gotten in their life. You know, like, uh, I, I've, I have a feeling that uh, we're probably living in the only time where a guy drowning, you know, you know the old canard, uh, the old canard about how when you drown, your entire life passes before your eyes. I can just see this guy drowning, see, the waves have got him, and he's going down. He goes down the first time. Of course, it's the third time that your life goes before your eyes. The first time, you just, you know, you go, okay, and nothing happens. Now you start going down for the second time, and this time you go, so you don't even holler help anymore. You're just trying to get the water out of your ears. It's the third time when life begins to ebb that your entire sequential history passes before your eyes. Now, in the olden days, people had real history. You know, a guy's drowning, and he sees himself again at the Battle of Bull Run. Uh, he sees himself once again getting married. He sees, uh, you know, all the things that happened to him in life. But today, since we live largely vicarious lives, it's quite possible for a guy to be going down for the third time, and all of a sudden, he sees Geraldine Page in summer and smoke. Oh, oh yes, that was a wonderful time. And then he sees, <laughs> he sees Dustin Hoffman in the Midnight Cowboy. Oh, Dustin, Dustin, hey, how's that so? And then finally, when he finally goes down, he, 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 for the last moment, he sees the greatest scene he ever saw in his life, the burning of Atlanta in, yeah, in Gone with the Wind. Oh, Scarlet, Scarlet, it's all gone with the wind. I don't give a damn. Down he goes. In other words, his entire life consists of a whole series of movies. <laughs> and that's what flashes through his eyes. I don't feel that that's what happened to Pauline Kael, uh, the drama critic for the, for the New Yorker. She ever drowned off Fire Island. And, uh, you know, I have a feeling that a person who's totally uh, related to media, when he is drowning, he can't believe it's really happening. It's a sequence. He calls it, <laughs> you know. Have you noticed even politicians do not talk about reality any longer? They talk about scenarios. You know, let's come up with a scenario for dealing with the Russian detente situation. Scenario, you know. You call up a scriptwriter, and he writes in a heavy, Brezhnev. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and it's all scenario. So we might as well go all the way, you know. The other day, I'm rummaging in the basement in the ancient, musty archives of this uh, concerned media of communication, and it came across this great series of record sound effects. And all you got to do, you know, I think, I think our oral memories are far more important, really, than our actual visual memory. Now, this is, this, is a, this is a serious study, too. In other words, how much of your life consists of remembering sound or taste? Or smells. Oh, listen, you can bring a, a, a total feeling of despondency into a person 
Whether, he doesn't know why. Just by insinuating in the atmosphere a specific smell that he doesn't even remember why he hates, it goes back to the time he was two. And he gets discouraged. He doesn't know why, it's, why he's discouraged. Now, for example, I had, I had a friend. Now, I'll tell you the absolute truth. I had a friend who had periods, great periods of depression. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, study. Why, why was this? He was, he was a, almost a manic depressive. He would get very depressed. And he discovered a fascinating, intriguing fact that most of his depressive moods came on when there was ketchup in the room. He'd smell it. No, no, it's the truth. He'd smell ketchup. He didn't know that. He would go. He would go into a restaurant, and all of a sudden, he would walk out very depressed. And for three days, he'd be drinking and laying around and yelling. And they finally come and pour water on his head and drag him back to work, you know, and change his underwear and old bit. And it was because they found out. Now wait a minute. I'll tell you what they did. They 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 ran a whole series of long, involved, deep analyses on this guy, and it came out that the day that one of his relatives died of a heart attack in the house that he was in at the age of three. This guy's relative died, this uncle that he loved, really, just passed out and died. And at the time that he died, in this room where they were, somebody had ordered hamburgers. And there was a lot of ketchup in there. Somebody was pouring ketchup or something. And instinctively, this kid related the smell of ketchup, this ex-kid, not even really instinctively, it was, it was the psychologically, he related the smell of ketchup with death. Bum, ba-dum, bump. Maybe that explains a lot of your bad days. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm serious. A lot of people, and, and this is a new study, now, for those of you who have never heard of the study, but it's a new study. It's, it's a it's, it's a thing called, well, they call it, uh, well, it, there's a complex name for it. What it really means is oral and olfactory trauma, which, which something happened on the scene, and it just, and it can be a, a totally off-the-wall smell. It can be, uh, you know, almost anything, like, uh, say, for example, uh, uh, just uh, the smell of uh, curtains, for example. Hanging, you know how a, how a curtain smells? You know that smell of a curtain hanging in a window? Well, that has been related to several cases, by the way, of, of again, uh, depression, where a person uh, related that smell, that curtain smell, with when he was a very small child standing in a window and waiting for somebody, and they never came. And he kept smelling this curtain, not knowing that he was forming a very bad news <laughs> relationship between that smell and what happens to himself psychologically. So, uh, you know, uh, speaking of sounds, listen, all right, all right, let's try the first one. I found this whole collection of great sounds. Let's hear it. Listen to this one now. Oh, God. I can't say it. Well, it's been raining for four weeks. What do you expect me to do? I'm getting so tired of this work, crap! I'm going out of my mind, Charlie! I'm going to leave! I don't care whether the police do out there or not! 
I'm not even standing sitting in this joint anymore. I can't stand it. It's been raining for a month, 24 hours a day. I'm going out of my mind. Shelly, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot it out with him. All right, you coppers. I'm coming out and you're going to shoot it out with me. <laughs> How did you like that? Can you can you see the scene? Okay, uh, now that that was a, a uh, now that's what you can do with uh, with sound effects. Now that was a sound effect that was simply entitled rain. Now a lot of people have pleasant thoughts of rain. Every time it rains, they think it's great. They do. A lot of people think, oh, what a wonderful feeling, rain on a roof. Well, let me tell you something. I personally was in an army barracks that was being rained on 24 hours a day for six solid weeks. And I mean a downpour. And not only that, it was hot and muggy. And there were thousands of creeping, crawling insects that had come in out of the rain. And every morning at 5.15, I would wake up under my mosquito bar. And I'd hear that rain pouring down. And it was, it was muggy and hot, and I had bites all over me. Of things that got inside the mosquito bar and spent the night right there next to me. Oh, God. <laughs> and I want to tell you, this is one guy that does not go out of his way to hear the romantic sound of rain on the roof. No way. Okay, here's another one. High up in the Arctic Circle, a tiny figure struggles over a vast ice flow. Blizzard. Uh, this is uh, WOR New York. <laughs> Speaking of the embattled. Hey, one more now. Listen to this one now. This, this is a great one. You got it all set in there? Okay, watch this one now. Now listen. Okay, bring it on. Charlie, what kind of a stupid nut are you? I told you to get a nice cast for this commercial. Look at this thing you got us. Look at him. We'll be shortly back with the world of sound. Okay, now, all right, you, you ready for a good one here? Let me know when you're ready in there. All right, we're getting all this stuff. It's not very easy, you know, to prepare all these uh, sound effects because, you know, the sound effect man has all these actual things there. It's, you know, with the wind machine, we had this rain. It's all the studio's all wet now and the whole scene. We have just begun. 
All right. Listen, listen, this is kind of a... All right. First, I'll let, I'll let the sound establish itself so you can recognize what it is. Coming up through the floorboard. Charles! Are you listening to me, Charles? Charles, stop it, will you? For heaven's sake, we're already late here out there under that hood again. Charles, I know that this car was your grandfather's, but I'm getting so sick and tired of Every time we go down to the public, it takes us 20 minutes to get inside. And now there's smoke coming up. <laughs> this is the floorboard. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, that was called uh, Rattle Trap Car. And, uh, and of course, uh, you, see, you see what you can do with sound effects. You know, sound, sound effects... Uh, in many ways, are more effective psychologically than sets in a movie or sets in a TV show. Because a set, uh, quite often, uh, simply doesn't have, uh, doesn't have any meaning for you personally. But sounds are, are sort of condensed. It's a, it's a condensed experience. And it's an experience that... Uh, in a way, is a wonder. For example, you don't know what color that car was. You don't know whether it was open or closed. doesn't really matter. The fact is, you knew it was an old car. The sound of an old car. That just could mean any old car. That could even mean, uh, to, to, a, to a kid, an old car is probably a 68 Dodge. <laughs> that's an old car. Now, now to, uh, you know, to a guy that's 107... Uh, he sees it as a uh, 1917 Maxwell, you know. But if you showed it on the screen, it would cut out large parts of the audience. You understand? It's just the sound itself evokes this thing. Now, then there are very specific sounds which most of us have never heard in our own lives. However, we have seen these uh, situations and heard these sounds a million times, generally in movies. Now, that's a whole different set of memories. In other words, you've all heard the sound of rain. You didn't think of a movie set the minute that you heard the rain, right? Uh, you thought of rain. You've been in rain. Uh, you've, you've, been, uh, you've been around blizzards, or at least winds and snow. You've certainly seen uh, cats. We had a cat there a minute ago. Now, there's, there's another set of sounds and, uh, you might say, memories that are almost completely vicarious, that have nothing to do with what you've actually experienced yourself. And here is a sequence of vicarious sounds. Now, I can only say this. Some guys listening probably actually heard these, you know, in real life. But most of us got this out of movies. All set? Here we go. Okay, that's the opening. Now, you see Glenn Ford, right? or you see Jimmy Stewart, or you see, uh, it can also be uh, people like John Loder. They were always in films like that. When that sound roared out, immediately you knew what it was. 
Now, what if... <laughs> ahooga! Ahooga! All right, what's the next sound? Just let her run, Sam, anytime you're ready. Oh, you're not ready in there. Oh, well, just set it down. You don't have to cue it up. That's uh, one good thing about these sounds. They're open-ended. Just set it in the middle, that's all. There you go. Let's hear it. Out of a sub getting ready to dive. They're uh, they're venting, they're what they call venting. No, actually they're rising at this one. Yeah, when they vent the tanks and they're going to rise. Now let's hear what the next sequence is. Just set it down in the middle there. This is a whole sequence of actual sub sounds. Now that's the sound of a sub underway. That's what a sub sounds when it's under the water, underwater, submerged. And you've heard that sound many times. You see, uh, you see uh, Jimmy Stewart coming back to see uh, John Wayne, who's the skipper. Great sound. Hear them talking in the background. These are actually recorded. What is up? All right. Now, now we'll go to the next one. These are. This is called a sub sequence. And the next one is. You've heard that. <laughs> but you notice that's the real a real sequence. Can you set that back again? Just get let's hear that again. That is a aboard a, a real sub, and you notice how cool this guy sounds as opposed to the movie version of a guy hollering, Man battle stations prepare to launch torpedoes. They would they would really play it up big, you know. Listen, listen how cool he does it. This is the real skipper. Man battle station torpedo. Man battle station torpedo. Very cool. <laughs> All right, now let's hear the next one. Now that's a real real sub commander. What's this? All right, I'll tell you what that is. That is a, uh, they're throwing a lock. Hear it? That's the compressed air that is about to fire a torpedo. Hear it? Torpedoes are being launched. That's, that's the way it actually sounds. Fire one! Set it back there. I'll show you how, how, uh, how, it, how it works in, uh, in, in a movie sequence. See, Glenn Ford is now peering through the telescope, right? And he's, he's spinning around on the telescope, and he's looking in. He's got his hat off. He's looking in, and all of a sudden, he barks into the intercom. Range 4,000, mark 7, 210 degrees, 4 minutes. Mark torpedo, fire 1. Fire 2. Okay. <laughs> you got the sequence there? Very nice. Now let's hear the next one. Let's hear what else uh, is on this torpedo uh, sub-sequence. I, I haven't actually heard these. Oh, there it goes. That's the torpedo now underway. 
They're all here.
some off-stage team is rolling the dice. And he cares not who wins nor who loses. Stay tuned for In Conversation.